That music is an invitation, an invitation to sit up and join me as we look into God's Word. This isn't your parents' Bible study or some pre-printed material from your denomination. Each episode, we tear into God's letter to humanity to see what would God have us know about Himself, about the world around us, and about ourselves. I am Brother Mitchell from the Discipleship Center, and you are listening to the TDC Podcast. Time is a precious commodity for us. We each get 24 hours in a day to spend on things like sleep, eating, working, playing, entertainment, studying, etc. Unfortunately for most of us, we're overbooked on time. We have to rush here and there to get to the next big event on our schedule. Matthew 28, 18-20, And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. No time for that. We all know Jesus' last and great commandment he gave to us, but who has time for all of that? Make disciples, baptize, and teach them to observe all that Jesus commanded us to do? We send preachers and counselors to school for these things so we can wash our hands of the responsibility of the Great Commission. But what do we see? Preachers, pastors, teachers, counselors are also busy maintaining the church clubhouse that there's just no time for this stuff. You'll get a gospel invitation on Sundays to possibly pick up a few converts, but then what happens? Nothing. Each week people come in for an hour or two and then go back to their normal lives, and how much of what we said on Sunday actually impacts their lives. The homeless shelter is only marginally better in that you get a nice half-hour sermon every day that you come in, but after that you go back to your normal dysfunctional life, and not much of what was said impacts anything. What was the first church doing that's different than what we're doing today? Before I dive into the first church, I realized that something special was happening for the first time, but I also recognize that we've deviated from that first century church to our detriment. The filling of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. The first believers received the Holy Spirit on Pentecost because they knew very little about what was to come with the church age, the filling of the Holy Spirit, or the New Testament Bible we had a special occurrence where the coming of the Holy Spirit could be heard like the wind. It could be seen similarly as tongues of fire could be seen, and it could be experienced with the speaking of tongues. How did the people respond, though, is what I want to direct your attention to. The people didn't enroll in college. They didn't go home and watch the ball game. They didn't go to work. What they did is they started to speak. What do you think they spoke about? Well, no doubt they spoke about the gospel what had happened to them, how the work of Jesus impacted their lives, and how others needed to repent of their sins and follow Jesus. Preaching. Nobody could understand what was going on with these believers. Some people marveled that they could understand these uneducated farmers and fishermen from Galilee, but others mocked them, assuming they were probably drunk. However, Peter, becoming bold through the power of the Holy Spirit, stood up and preached his first sermon, which was probably only lasted about ten minutes. He told them how it made no sense that people would suppose that they were drunk since it was only the third hour or nine o'clock in the morning, and that what they were witnessing was the fulfillment of the prophet Joel. 
Acts 2, 17 to 21. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Peter went on to explain that Jesus was the fulfillment of the kingdom of David and that he sits on God's right hand now and this very Jesus that we had crucified. The crowd immediately was cut to the heart, or they knew their guilt before a holy God, and they wanted to know right then and there, what must we do to be saved? It says that Peter instructed them to repent and be baptized for their forgiveness of sins, and they will receive this gift of the Holy Spirit as well. The Fellowship In addition to receiving the Holy Spirit and preaching, it shows that the early church was devoted to fellowship. They didn't just enjoy fellowship or have occasional fellowship but they were devoted to fellowship. This devotion was based around some central key points. The apostles' teachings, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. And because of these key things that they were devoted to, it says that awe came among every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles, and all who believed were together and had things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all, as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with gladness and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Why is there no awe in our churches, no wonders or signs being done? no favor with all the people, and we don't see numbers added day by day to those being saved, it's because we don't have time for any of that. Who's going to the church house day by day other than the janitor? We can't hardly sit still for an hour, let alone going every day. Who's selling their possessions and belongings to help out others with needs in the church? We can't hardly bear to part with 10% of our income. Who's breaking bread in their homes together? Praying for boldness. After Peter and John had to testify to recent healings before the council, it says regarding the council, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were uneducated, common men, they were astonished. In the face of adversity and the threat of persecution, the new believers did not back down, but instead they prayed to God for boldness to continue preaching. Devoted to Missionary Church Planting much of the rest of the book of Acts shows different missionary journeys where the gospel is taken and new groups of believers join together as the church. With many of the Western world enjoying religious freedom and churches abounding, we must look at the dynamics of how people react to the church's model as it's been for the past 500 years. Come to the church building, sing a few songs, fill up that offering plate, listen to a monologue, respond to an altar call, go home, repeat on Sunday night, Come back on Wednesday night to pray. Do you see that model in the first century church? We see some bits of it with prayer, with preaching, with singing, but we never see a time constraint on church. The gospel, the church, and discipleship. So many times we compartmentalize each facet of the Christian life that they end up being disjointed. Discipleship is nothing more than learning about the ways of God and his church.
This discipleship starts with the learning and responding to the gospel and continues with learning about and living within the parameters of the church universal and practicing within the parameters of the church local. In order to do this correctly, we have to stop thinking about church as something we do and start living in the reality that the church is something that we are. There is no time constraint on living life because it happens as we go, all the time, no matter where we are or what we're doing. The 21st century church model breaks discipleship. The modern church says, come and see, come and consume, and then go away. Discipleship says, come with me and let's go and be. Discipleship can't happen when we hold people at arm's length or only have an hour for them or have to set up a meeting for next week during office hours. Discipleship can't happen when we're so busy making ourselves happy and comfortable in this life that we forget this is only a preparation for our rulership with Jesus in the kingdom. If I were to tell you that tomorrow you would get a million dollars, it would change the way you live for the rest of today, wouldn't it? If I were to tell you that next month you would get a million dollars, it would certainly change the way you live for the rest of this month, wouldn't it? Even if I were to tell you that next year you would get a million dollars, I know it would change the way you live the rest of this year. Why is it that even though you know that the promise that you will rule and reign with Christ in the kingdom and that God will shower us with love and grace for all eternity to the extent that no eye has seen nor ear heard of the wonders that God will bestow upon us, that somehow those great riches do not cause us to live differently for the rest of this portion of our life. The Discipleship Center breaks those lines. What if time wasn't the issue? What if there was a way to bring a disciple into your world without the concern over time? What if a disciple went to work with you all day, ate meals with you at every meal, was taught by you when teachable moments came up, and at night they went home with you and the next day we continue on, day after day, at the end of a season, they would be able to go and make disciples in a similar fashion. And that's what we're all about. The Discipleship Center and its subsidiaries, TDC Aquaponics and TDC Farm, are a registered 501c3 charity serving in the not-so-beautiful city of Kekakee and its surroundings. Have you or a loved one been struggling with substance abuse, chronic unemployment, need some work experience after a recent incarceration, or just failed to move on to a more productive phase of life? There is hope just around the corner with the Discipleship Center where every life matters and we strive to fulfill the Great Commission one life at a time. Check us out on the web at www.discipleshipctr.org today.